Are you tired of spending countless hours in the kitchen every week trying to figure out what to make and constantly overspending on takeout? My guide, Well Prepped, is here to revolutionize your mealtime routine by offering you the perfect solution. Prep once, cook twice, and enjoy delicious, macro-friendly meals all week long. The food struggle is real. You want to eat well-balanced meals that taste good. You want to make most of your meals at home, but don't want to be a slave to your kitchen. You know you should be eating more protein, but don't know how in the world to get it in. You're overwhelmed with just choosing a recipe you have saved, so you end up getting takeout again. Insert well-prepped, a guide I created to take the guesswork out of efficiently making delicious, macro-friendly meals. This guide provides you with eight weeks of recipes. Each week, you'll prep once for 30 minutes, cook twice, and then enjoy eating all week. That's right. The two recipes will make you a total of six meals. I even made Instacart links for all the weekly groceries you'll need so you don't even need to think about grocery shopping. I'm all about saving time, money, and mental energy when it comes to feeding my family healthy meals, and now I get to share that with you. Grab your copy of Well Prepped at aishazaza.com. And from my kitchen to yours, cheers to eating well and being well prepped. Welcome to the Mindset Mile podcast, the show that'll leave you empowered to take action towards becoming the turned up version of your already awesome self. I'm your host, Aisha Zaza, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Mindset Mile podcast. I want to talk about something that I've shared a little bit on social media about, but to be honest, it's been really hard to share more than just glimpses and bits and pieces of how things have felt over the last 13 weeks. But I know that I've wanted to share this journey in its entirety, but also just kind of dreading it because it doesn't feel very good to say out loud if I'm being honest, but I know I need to do it now because even though four weeks ago, I couldn't make it a day without crying in utter frustration or sadness, it's already feeling very hard to remember how I truly felt in those moments. Most of what I share on this podcast is what I've learned through my personal experience and professional experience, giving you action items and how to's But this episode does not involve a call to action. It's just me sharing my story about life after my second baby and how my world was shook, hoping that it makes someone else walking through this same journey feel not so alone. So I guess in all fairness, I want to first give you a brief background in case this is the first exposure you have to me or of the podcast. So in December 2019, just a few days before Christmas, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. The news came as a complete shock and rocked me to my core. I still remember the moment I saw the positive test. I was in complete disbelief. I was never someone who felt this maternal timer go off and felt eager to start a family. And I felt like I knew that I wanted a family for later in life, but literally had zero interest in having a baby. I watched friend after friend announce their pregnancies and always checked in for that instant reaction that would tell me it was also my time to jump. 
but I just never felt it. Looking back, I'm grateful it happened by surprise because had I waited to feel ready, I'm not sure exactly when that would have been. But my heart sank when I stared at my new reality on a stick and I felt like life was over. I thought that having a baby meant I needed to do everything I'd ever want to do in this life before then, because I was sure I'd never have the time or energy to do anything else after. I, like most people I know who don't have kids, loved my flexibility, my time freedom, and the world is my oyster attitude. And selfishly, I didn't want to give up life as I knew it. And I lived with that shame for most of my pregnancy. Not only was I not yet thrilled about the news, but I almost immediately would find myself suffering from what I know now as pregnancy insomnia. It lasted my entire pregnancy and crushed me. I was operating on a level of exhaustion I felt like nobody could understand. I felt so alone, depressed, and anxious. I did eventually come to grips with my new upcoming reality, and I had days that felt better than others, but what I know now that I chalked up to just being uneasy about in the next chapter of life then is that I was suffering from antepartum depression. I'd heard about postpartum depression, but never about depression that happens during pregnancy. It wasn't until my second pregnancy that I learned that that's actually a real thing. So fast forward to having my firstborn, my sweet baby girl, Shiloh. Within days of having her, I felt the life coming back to me and it felt amazing. By day 10, I was like, mama is back. To my surprise, I felt like I had stepped into motherhood so much easier and with more grace than I anticipated. And I actually absolutely loved it. The fears I had prior to becoming a mom had melted away. And while there was absolutely challenging days, I was so happy. Shiloh gave me a new perspective on what is important in life and brought so much joy to our lives. So I'll fast forward again to March of 2022. Shiloh was 19 months old at the time, and I found out we were pregnant again. It was a little bit more planned this time, but like not a lot. So the news once again kind of made my heart sink. We had such a great routine with Shiloh and life was good. It made my brain scrambled to think about doing the new ward stage all over again. And this time with a toddler before having Shiloh, I was certain that the simple eases of life were over, but now I was certain they were. And I adored Shiloh so much. It was hard to think about a brand new person taking space in my heart. I would later come to find that my heart would not need to be divided, but that it would double in size. But throughout my pregnancy, I felt anxious about mourning the time left that she would be my only baby. Fortunately, the shock didn't last quite as long as it did the first time, and I became eager to get this new chapter underway. I told myself from the beginning that I was going to try really hard to ensure that I had a different mental and emotional experience this pregnancy by affirming how I wanted to feel and approaching the season with the possibility that I would feel differently without even having to try that hard because no two pregnancies are the same. And yes, in some ways they were different, but in the ways I was hoping they would be different, they were not. Like clockwork, the insomnia set in right away. I was not thrilled, but I remained hopeful that maybe this time it would phase out at some point during pregnancy. 
So I started taking Unisom again, which is an over-the-counter sleep aid that is safe to take during pregnancy, which again, felt like the lesser of two miseries for me. I'd say it worked about 75% of the time, but there were still some nights I would be up for hours. And the nights that it did work, I would still wake up feeling not fully rested. It felt like I was getting artificial sleep. I don't know. Maybe that's just what pregnancy feels like too. Who freaking knows? But regardless, I swore again that I would take the sleep deprivation of the newborn stage over the exhaustion I feel during pregnancy from insomnia any day of the week. It's just a different level of tired you can feel in your bones. And if you've experienced pregnancy insomnia, you know what I'm talking about. In my second trimester, aka what is commonly referred to as the golden trimester, where most women start to feel better and have all this energy and pregnancy glow, is actually where I felt the grade of antipartum depression get steeper and steeper. Most days I felt miserable. And not because I was ever sick or nauseous, but it was like my soul was being crushed by this rock and everything felt overwhelming hard and doom and gloom. I kept asking myself, are these things actually hard or am I making this harder on myself by just continuing to feel like this? I was always searching for a baseline of what quote unquote normal was to gauge if how bad I felt was like really that bad or if these things were just normal to feel during pregnancy, which is pointless because even if there were an answer, it doesn't matter. But I think it's just our human nature to want to be able to quantify or validate our feelings. I couldn't wait to be on the other side of pregnancy again, where I remember feeling like I was thriving and like life was coming back to me by the day. If you follow me on Instagram, you may remember that I got horribly, horribly sick the last few weeks of pregnancy with miserable congestion, painstaking ear infections, and I was still plagued with insomnia. I was like, man... I may not actually survive this is how it truly felt. Oliver was 11 days past his due date and arrived on December 2nd, 2022. Healing from birth is no joke, but I was so relieved to not be pregnant anymore and finally on the path to recovery and feeling like myself again, or at least better than I had the last 10 months. We brought Oliver home and we got Shiloh back from my dad and family where she had been staying for the last two weeks prior to Oliver being born, which was never the plan for her to be gone that long. They came to pick her up two days before my original due date, and they were going to just keep her until we got home from the hospital. But I obviously did not plan for Oliver to come nearly two weeks late or to be so sick those last few weeks. I missed Shiloh so much during that time. And when we were finally reunited with her, I felt so sad and guilty about not having those last couple of weeks with her as my only child. Because I was dealing with so much at the end, I don't think I had really processed those feelings of grief until she was back. Welcoming her back to our new reality with a new person who would be there indefinitely felt so bittersweet. I longed for the time I had missed with her and was having a hard time coping with someone else who was now going to demand so much of my energy and my attention that I couldn't give to her anymore. You always hear about how meeting your baby is love at first sight and expect that there is this instant connection. After all, 
you did grow them in your body from mere cells. Of course, I knew Oliver was my son, and I began nurturing him and caring for him from the moment he was born. But this time, it felt like it was a bit more out of duty rather than infatuation and love. I loved him, but he felt like a stranger. Nobody ever talks about how the feeling of love and infatuation from your baby can sometimes feel gradual, and it comes as you get to know them. So that for me was something that felt hard to accept and even to say out loud. Because Oliver was born into virus season and we had known several close friends who had spent time in the hospital with their newborns who had caught RSV, we decided to mostly isolate for the first month that he was born and as he was building his immune system. So we also kept Shiloh home from preschool that month, and it was just me, my husband, Shiloh, and our new baby. No family or anyone to help, and it very quickly felt like we were bricks being thrown into water. The transition from one to two kids felt indefinitely harder than going from zero to one. When we had Shiloh, it felt so much more manageable being able to take turns. And when I had my husband's undivided attention to not just help with the baby, but help me as I healed. This time was divide and conquer, minus the conquer. It felt more like divide and get crushed. It was like we were both single parenting, he with Shiloh and me with the baby. I was also not prepared for the hypervigilance that comes with having a toddler and a newborn. Newborns are demanding, of course, but newborn speed feels very mellow and slow, whereas toddler energy is upbeat and high. Two things I was not in the mood to feel, even if I could get myself there. I knew the first couple weeks would be rough as we adjusted to life with two and not getting much sleep, but as the days passed, I felt heavier and heavier. I don't remember Shiloh cluster feeding the way Oliver did, but literally every 45 minutes to an hour around the clock, I was feeding him. He also did not like any variation of the swaddles we had, which I remember rotating through several before finding what worked with Shiloh, but he was just miserable in a swaddle on his back and if he wasn't next to me. So I ended up co-sleeping with him, which I felt a little uneasy doing, but you've got to do what you got to do in the first few weeks. And sleeping on my side all night was so uncomfortable. Even with a pillow between my knees, I'd wake up and my hips would be aching so bad. Oliver was also a ridiculously loud and active sleeper. Like I am not joking, he grunted as loud as a grown man and was basically beating me up all night. And because I wasn't used to that and I couldn't tell when he was actually sleeping or if he was awake and making that much noise, I'd end up waking him to feed him thinking that he was already awake. It took me a while to figure this out, but in the meantime, I would dread what I wanted to do the most, which was go to sleep. After weeks of broken sleep preceded by months of insomnia, I felt like I was literally going crazy. I wanted a life raft to come and bring me back to my old life. I had some pretty awful thoughts during this time, and I hate to even say them out loud now, but I know many postpartum moms have these same thoughts and feel so ashamed because they think they're the only ones that feel that way. But you are not alone if this is 
ever something you've ever felt or anything similar. Most days I would say to myself, if I were a good mom, I'd enjoy this. Or if I were a good mom, I'd be handling this better. I should have never become a mom. Why did I want this so bad? I miss my old life. I hate this. And I hated that I even felt that way because even in my sleep-deprived, depressed state, future me knew I'd look back fondly at this time and wish it didn't pass so quickly. But still, I couldn't help but feel like a victim of having my own kids. And even for as hands-on, helpful, and active as a parent my husband is, I resented that he was sleeping and that he would never know the physical demand of being ball and chain to our baby to breastfeed. I knew it was irrational, but I just couldn't shake it. Around week five is when my mom came down to help for a couple weeks, and I remember going to the gym for the first time to do some really light pelvic floor work. I was so happy to just be there and out of my house. And everyone was so happy to see me, and they treated me like my old self, expecting that I was doing well because I looked happy in that moment, which I was But as soon as I'd come down from that high, I'd be met with the looming gray cloud once again. They'd ask me how we were doing, and all I could think about was how I wanted to say that I wasn't doing well at all. But I felt like it wasn't even believable, because in that brief time I had outside of my home environment, and with the exchange of energy I had with them, I was in a good mood, and seemed like my happy old self. But how I was really feeling felt too heavy to share. And saying that I was doing fine or well felt like such a lie. My mom being with us was the first sign of relief. And it was also the first time I thought maybe I was coming out of my funk. But instead of a gradual hill out, it felt more like a roller coaster. One day or one moment, I felt like, okay, I've got this. And the next, I felt like I was getting crushed. I was easily upset by everything. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and still just felt rage. There was just this feeling of rage I had inside me. And that felt like it was going to be my new reality forever. My OB had prescribed me Zoloft, which is an antidepressant, but I was very reluctant to take it. I know Zoloft can be very addictive. And when I looked into the potential side effects, I felt like it would be just my luck to trade one set of symptoms for another. I've never taken prescription drugs for anything like that. And I honestly wanted to so badly just be back to my old self or to feel normal again. Even the temptation to take them felt like another thing that was hanging in the balance. I felt shut down from wanting to make decisions. Everything felt too stressful and too heavy. And I had enough to worry about with learning my newborn baby. My mother-in-law had scheduled a trip to come visit us from Ohio since before Oliver was born. And in planning that trip, we went back and forth whether we should have her come right after he was born or if she should come a few weeks later. When was my family coming? Yada, yada, all the planning, right? It turned out to be the perfect timing because she got us through the rest of our very hard weeks. With Shannon, my husband, going back to work, having her here was a saving grace because she was willing to sit literally all day long with Oliver and let him nap on her if I didn't have him in the carrier. I was able to leave the house for short periods of time without having to always pack him up in the car with me. 
And some days after I picked Shiloh up from preschool, I was able to take her to the park and play. Just her and me. It gave us a chance to have some quality one-on-one time. I was able to go to the gym a couple times a week, and she even insisted that Shannon and I go out to dinner one night after putting Shiloh down, and she would just stay with the baby. After two and a half months, I started to feel a little like myself again. The feeling of impending doom started to feel fewer and farther between. I think this is the first time that my hormones were actually starting to lay down to rest. There were still hard days or hard moments, but they felt like just that, instead of feeling like I would be trapped in them forever. And the best part was starting to feel obsessed with my son. Baby bliss is such a sweet high. Instead of feeling so demanding, I loved that he needed me for everything and that I was his mama. The glass was starting to feel half full again, and I was finally feeling like we were getting into a stride. It's kind of crazy to think that this was just four to five weeks ago. I knew I needed to capture the experience soon because as I mentioned before, it already feels hard to truly remember how horrible I really felt those first few weeks. If you've never experienced postpartum depression, this whole experience may sound very ungrateful or very hard to understand. I certainly did not know how to empathize with someone dealing with this before experiencing it myself and probably would have thought it was something more in that individual's control, which is a part of the problem I can now see in the lack of understanding and support there is for postpartum women. When I did share the tidbits of how things were going online, women seemed to be coming out of the woodworks to share their similar experience with postpartum depression and how alone they felt which is exactly why I needed to record this and let it always exist for someone out there to hear. If you or someone you know is struggling with postpartum depression, the only thing I can say is that it will get better. And I encourage you to talk to someone about it. I know it feels super vulnerable to share, but confide in your mom friends, talk to your partner or a family member. I'm not saying it's going to fix everything altogether. But I believe suffering in silence is breeding grounds for prolonged postpartum depression. And in my retrospect perspective, I can also see where I was coming from a place of criticism with myself instead of compassion. Criticism asks, what's wrong with me? Why can't I handle this better? What am I doing wrong? Why aren't I a better mom? It takes a lot of untethering and unlearning to let go of the stronghold you have on how you formerly defined your worth. But this lonely corner of motherhood is a transformative cocoon. And as you know, there's not much room in a cocoon. They're not meant to be comfortable. But know that you are being shaped into a new self that is stronger than ever. I know it's so frustrating to not have the answers in front of you in the face of your struggle, but know that one day at a time, you will live your way into the answers. Nothing is forever, and this too shall pass. You're doing amazing. I cannot wait to see you next week, and until then, make it a great day.